What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. Welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are having a fine day, enjoying yourself. Uh, hopefully it's sunny and nice wherever you are. Today we have a story about how the moon came to be in orbit with the Earth. And we have one abductee and contactee who claims that he speaks to uh, other civilizations telepathically, uh, and they state that the moon is actually a base for the reptilians, and they give descriptive details about it uh, and when it came to uh, Earth's orbit. So let's get into this. So this contactee is Alex Collier. He's been in the UFO circles for many years, but you may not have heard this story this way with this many details. So... Alex Collier claims to be a contactee with a race of Nordic-looking humans from the constellation Andromeda. Uh, He states that he's had a number of contact experiences since he was a child uh, and has developed more over the years and continues to stay in contact with the Andromedans all of these years. He states that the moon is actually an interstellar transit ship that was brought here from another solar system, and it holds an experiment conducted by the gray aliens and their reptilian rulers, which is kind of that that theory that we've had all along, where these gray aliens just, you know, they're kind of doing the bidding of these other species. So, just follows that, that lineage. And um, <clears throat> he states that the reptilian rulers also genetically engineered humankind, which is interesting. So, as we move forward in this article, the Andromedans disclosed the deceptive ways that humans are being governed, that we're being presented with lies about our everyday lives without any consent or awareness. We're being told nothing about real universal truths, uh, real universal concerns, and much less about what's actually happening and going on in our solar system. So uh, this article comes to us from AnamaAlien.com as well, if you're looking for it. Um, so these, the being, the Andromedan that Alex Collier speaks to, uh, his name is Moraney. 
He's an ancient Andromedan and uh, speaks to him uh, telepathically. Morani's biggest announcement to Collier pertained to humanity's true history and a secret base on the moon. The Earth's satellite holds a vital role in our genesis, according to Collier and Morani, but far from anything we've ever been told. So the moon was brought, according to Collier, it was brought from the constellation Ursa Minor, 432 years from Earth. That's a long ways away. It, it came here to serve as a transit ship for reptilians, human-reptilian hybrids as well, and the first generation of our human ancestors to settle on Earth. Which is really interesting because this story is indicating that our basically our gods, our creators, were the reptilians. But it seems that we've had kind of this back and forth negative encountership with reptilians ever since you know time immemorial, right? The serpent in the in the Garden of Eden in the Bible is a serpent, is a snake. And if ever since then we've had this off put uh, emotional detraction from reptilians. Um, yet here in this story, Collier and Moraney are stating that they are our creators. So Moraney also revealed that the moon once orbited the 17th planet of the Chauta system, uh, which is the home of the Andromedans. And what we see today of the moon is actually the remnants of a 6.2 billion years old cosmic vestige called the Maldek, a remembrance of a long-forgotten war between the tyrannical gray aliens of the Orion Empire. Now, this kind of makes sense that it's 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 a vestige of an old uh, alien ship because what have we heard of recently? We've heard of it ha starting to have rust, that it started to rust, and that it was Earth's fault. I mean, it was like the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. It's Earth's fault that... Uh, moon is rusting really really how is that even possible are we shooting up uh iron oxide up there we're shooting up water uh we're leaving it out when it's raining up on the moon come on guys give us a freaking break here okay so we just know that's a bunch of horse crafts what we've been fed it's a bunch of lies and so in this article according to the information that was transferred to collier by the andromedans we are here because we were delivered by an ancient extraterrestrial civilization that was passing our son in age. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Surpassing our son in age. See, I it was my understanding, kind of my belief, that we came from Mars. It just kind of makes sense, right? I mean, the Martians were dying. They needed a place to go. Earth, I'm sure, was habitable back then. And it would just make sense. Jump off of Mars, come to, come to Earth, right? It's the next closest pit stop. It's like going from one gas station to another. Uh, we have everything they needed to survive grass and oxygen, you know, which is what most living things need, uh, you know, something to produce the oxygen, plant life, grass, trees, coral, water, O2. Um, but in this story, they're saying that, that that's not, that's not our, our lineage. So who's to say, right? But let's keep moving on. They state that the moon is hollow. It contains huge underground facilities built by extraterrestrials and later humans from Earth. So we've heard about all these stories about 
lunar teams landing on on the moon building bases and it seems to be that that's what these ets are conferring as well there are seven openings to the moon's crust and the underground bases they state Conservative scientists have wondered why there's so many craters that seem so shallow dependent, despite their size, right? Which kind of makes sense. They have these huge, huge craters, but they're not that deep, you know? And, and if there was a massive crater, it, it would have such a massive hit to it. It, would, it wouldn't be some soft hit that would leave just like a little indentation. It would like explode the moon, right? So, um... It kind of makes sense from a scientific standpoint. The Andromedans say that it's because much of the surface was built on top of a metallic shell of a circle, cir circular space crest or a war carrier, quote-unquote, as the Andromedans describe it. The craters on the moon are a pertinent hint to the trained eye, for their depth does not match a straying cosmic body, but is consistent, uh, a consistent shape pressing against layers of lunar dust and rock, uh, and since we are not alone in the galaxy, who's to blame for these craters? The answer comes from the Andromedans, who tell of cities and spacecraft hangars found on the far side of the moon that were destroyed in a war over 113,000 years ago, leaving behind only marks on the moon from which we see from our planet. The Greys guided the first exploration missions of these ruins back in 1950 when a team of NSA astronauts, not NASA, but NSA astronauts, allegedly reached the lunar underground facility, which was the size of New York, if you can imagine that. That'd be a humongous underground facility. And it's right underneath the Jules Verne Crater. So inside this facility, they discovered the remains of a violent battle seeing pieces of reptilian bodies spread all over the place. So, you know, there must have been some massive battle on the inside. And now they state in this article, when the Apollo astronauts landed on the moon, the world order had been there for some time. This knowledge and the technology was withheld from the lower levels of NASA and our military. NASA had been used as a blind to keep people from truly knowing what was going on there. The astronauts were silenced under threats and remain so to this very day. Uh, except for, like, uh, is it Buzz? I think Buzz, yeah, he's like, he's like the badass. He, like, he talks about stuff, and he talks about it in a way that doesn't necessarily divulge everything, but he basically says they're up there, you know? He's telling us that there's aliens up there. He's not giving us the details, so he's kind of staying true to his you know, secrecy, but he's still kind of violating at the same time. So it's kind of interesting there. Um, but since that point, since the NASA landing in 69, the world government maintained a lunar population program starting with 36,000 hand-picked people, and the colony now is estimated to reach about 600,000 people in the near future. So this is really interesting. So they're basically building like a civilization, kind of like what Alex Jones talks about a lot is like a breakaway civilization. You know, the ultra-rich that are able to put their money into these programs, build these ships that can take off, they can use, utilize the technology that's been, you know, hidden away from the mass populace and take off and go create another civilization on the moon away from, you know, crazy humans. You know, they can go create their own utopia up there. What was that Matt Damon movie um, where there was like another planet 
uh, up in the sky. Uh, I have to take a look and see if I can find it. Um, but there was another planet, and it was where everybody wanted to go live, but nobody could, could afford it. And, okay, yeah, it was Elysium. And, man, that was a great movie. You know, it was ultra-rich living on this other planet, and they had, like, all this military that could, you know, detract anybody trying to get up there. They had, like, these uh, living pods that could heal any any illness, any broken bone, anything within a matter of minutes. Meanwhile, the rest of us poor folk were down here on Earth slaving away in these factories that were run by these ultra-rich people, and, and people were really living in slums. So it was really, really interesting, really fascinating. Um, check that one out if you get a chance. But um, let's get back to the article here. So apparently the masters of the entire, entire operation up there are the Greys, but they rarely interfere directly and rather send their messages through a group called the Black Monks. Now, who are the Black Monks? They were originally human. The Black Monks have been drastically modified to serve the Greys' needs and can no longer be considered Earth humans, according to the article. One step back in the hierarchy are a group called the Blue Moon, who serve the Black Monks, who are comprised of American, British, Russian, and French representatives. Now, this is really interesting because it's falling in line with a lot of these stories where guys like Jonathan Wigand, my first podcast, talked about entering these these secret military bases where they were tracking UFOs and all these different military members from different countries were working under the same roof, which would never happen anywhere else. Militaries don't work together from other countries. You do have the UN, but they don't have bases where multiple members are working together. Not like this, not in secret, okay? And especially not monitoring UFOs, okay? So many, many other military members have talked about this. They've talked about entering these secret bases where multiple countries are working together. And if that's the case, then that is Blue Moon. That's Blue Moon. Blue that that those people who don't serve underneath the U.S. Constitution, and they basically say state that they they don't have to um, they don't report to the U.S. Constitution. They don't report to any other hierarchy on planet earth that's because they're reporting to these folks on the on the moon the black monks so here we have it um these groups hold control of moon bases and under their command are two organizations alpha one and alpha two and collier had reasons to believe that alpha one was assigned with gathering resources on earth and keeping the population gullible could it be that the men in black are part of this Alpha One group that go out and try to, you know, use scare tactics and intimidate folks to keep quiet so that they can continue these secret operations? Possibly. The Andromeda Moraini told Collier that Alpha Two is actually part of the MJ-12, the Majestic 12, that, you know, is another part of the secret government that was trying to keep everything secret um, and was widely suspected to be part of the uh, JFK uh, assassination. So the notorious group uh, was tasked with recovering and investigating alien craft. If this is true, the organization we believe to be in charge of these covert operations is actually at the bottom of the ladder, and this ladder runs much higher than we previously anticipated. <clears throat> so here we have these two, we have a lot of groups in, in this. We have 
we have you know these these grays that are reporting to the reptilians and underneath that is a hierarchy um stepladder uh, called blue moon who report to the black monks and blue moon is operated by you know folks that of our own government american british russian french um and in many cases we've heard uh the china government chinese government has had uh their own military members at a lot of these bases as well uh jonathan wigant referenced that, that he was down in peru and saw chinese military french military canadian military obviously u.s military uh so on and so forth british so and they're all there monitoring the skies they're monitoring these crashes they're picking up these crashes and they're <clears throat> they're they're retrieving these crash ships and it's just bizarre folks that end up being at these crash sites like the department of energy why the hell are they there as well probably because the department of energy has all these different kinds of tech that they're utilizing in some of these crafts or they're going to try to take these crafts and go create new kinds of energy production units uh, and technology so there's lots of pieces involved and obviously we see there's much more hierarchy than we ever really truly imagined so there's a lot to kind of piece up or take take apart in this article we can rip it apart and and discuss it but i think you guys get the drift i mean this is the only article that really calls out these groups by name blue monk and blue moon <clears throat> um and that's fascinating to me because this is like the first I've heard of heard of it. I've heard Alex Collier's speeches since back in the nineties. Um, he used to give speeches in the eighties, and they were recorded on like VHS and then put on YouTube in the early days of YouTube. I think when it was oh god, what was it? It was run before YouTube was YouTube. It was like Google videos or. Um, some 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 other kind of videos. So and and they were on that that site, um, and then Google bought it. Um, so we have the black monks and the blue moon. Sorry, I think I misspoke earlier. So there's the black monks, um, and then the blue moon are the humans that are on Earth, and the black monks are the non-humans that used to be humans on on uh, the moon. So guys, a lot to unpack here. A lot of information. Um, what do you think? I mean, could this be substantiated? Tough to, tough to substantiate it. Uh, you know, how do you substantiate a lot of a lot of these stories, either by witness testimony or by documents or by multiple folks seeing the same thing? Well, if if it's by multiple individuals seeing the same thing that creates our reality or that is is how reality is defined, then we have many witnesses to many different countries working together um, underneath the same roof, tracking these ships on Earth, and we have multiple different sources telling us about outbound officers, uh, such as uh, Gary McKinnon, who uh, hacked into NASA and found that there were ships that were outbound um, off, off-world, non-terrestrial, quote-unquote, ships with uh non-terrestrial officers on them could those non-terrestrial officers be black uh the black monks the supposed non-humans that used to be humans would be very interesting wouldn't it they might have still human-like names or we could have given them human-like names just to put down on the spreadsheet just in case it did happen to get hacked 
it's really fascinating, man. A lot of these stories start to fill in the holes and the gaps, and then it starts to become less conspiracy theory and more conspiracy fact. Guys, stay tuned. It seems like we're coming to a head with a lot of information, and it seems like we're getting more and more information that's filling in these missing pieces of the puzzle. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you guys are taking care of your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, and as always, continuing to question the universe. Until next time, guys, keep your eyes up on the skies, and Lockdown Universe is out.